and welcome to another great message from Mr. Christian Outreach Church. We pray you'll be inspired and equipped by this teaching. For more information on Noosa Christian Outreach Church, please check out our website at noosacoc.org.au. Enjoy. Very good. How are you all today? Isn't God good? The question for you, for you and me, other than Julie, is what's, what's he stirring you toward? What's he stirring up in you right now? He wants to do great things through his people, hey, and, uh, and, and uh, your life is no exception. This is what I love about the grace of God. There are no exceptions in the grace of God. I had the privilege of, uh, I don't, uh, Rich, Rich and Joe aren't here today, but Rich and Joe Wallace, uh, you know, we have been, I know, we've been talking and praying with these guys for the last five years about starting a school. And we had the official opening of the, the Noosa Montessori School over in, uh, over in Sunrise Beach this week. And uh, it, was a, it was a real blessing to be a part of and to, and to see Rich's dream come into fruition. And uh, so it was just quite exciting uh, to, to see that happen. And... Uh, and continue on the journey with everyone. God, God, God he, he's doing amazing things. And I, you know, I wanted to honour, is, is Ian Wallace here today? He's not here, he's wagging it. You know, he, I, I got to, I'm on the board of Rich's school with him and, uh, and uh, we, we have a great time. And, and there's a father sitting on his son's board, serving his son's vision and uh, seeing it come into fruition. And, and it's a privilege to see fathers releasing the next generation to do great things. And uh, I just want to, I want to read out of, this morning I want to talk a little bit about faith because everything that we do in life requires faith. And uh, I want to read out of um, the message this morning in, in Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. It's up on the screen there if you haven't got your Bibles. It says this, The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. You can think it's other things. You can think other things are a foundation in your life. But the fundamental one is our faith, is our trust in God. It's our handle on what we can't see. You know, we're, we live in a society now that's obsessed with knowing the details, obsessed with the substance, except with the, how exactly is this going to work out? I want to know exactly how it's going to work out before I commit to anything. And God's saying, trust me. He's saying, if you'll step out in faith, great things will happen. And this act, it says, it says in, in verse 2, it says, the act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. See, the great things that you do are not what set you above the crowd. It's the steps of faith that you step, that set you above the crowd. And amazing to, it's amazing what... what um, what God wants to do in our lives that we have no idea. I love in, in Revelations uh, chapter 12, I think, verse 11, it says, you know, they overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. You know, we, we receive Christ as our Savior. We receive the blood of the Lamb, this, this fresh grace. And then it's our stories. It's your story that helps me overcome. Your story, partnered with the grace of God, helps me overcome what I've got to overcome. 
And hopefully my story and the grace of God on your life helps you overcome. And, and as we gather together and as we tell the stories of the tests that we've overcome, that we've walked through and that we've, that we've, that we've stepped out in faith toward, helps us overcome as a family and helps us bless our community. So here's the message this morning in one sentence. Do something hard and think about God while you're doing it. Do something God, do something hard and think about God while you're doing it. This is the simplicity of life because, you know, we, we, we all love God and know God and we want him to step into our lives and we say that, we pray these prayers, Lord, invade my life and, you know, we want him to step in and he's saying, hey, do you know where I am? I'm right at the next step of faith that you take. That's exactly where I am. Where, where's the Lord? He says, draw near to me. What does drawing near to the Lord mean? He says, step out in faith toward me. Go on, do something hard and think about me while I'm doing it. This message is an invitation on the adventure with God. You see, relationship with God always ends up with some sort of adventure. It always ends up with you doing something with God. And I think we get frustrated and we get challenged and we get, we get um, bored in life when we're, we're, our relationship with God doesn't end in an adventure, doesn't end in something, doesn't head towards something, uh, something interesting, something that's hard because it's in the hard things that we truly meet God. It's when we step out of our comfort zone that we meet God. I say to people, you cannot, there's no such thing as an act of faith in church, in the church building. This is, these aren't acts of faith, these are acts of family. It's when we go out that they're acts of faith. It's when we step out and into the unknown that, um, that we do acts of faith. And uh, so last week I, uh, uh, we had the great privilege of, of uh, Pastor Christian bringing the word while I was sweating it out in 32 degree temperatures down at the uh, Malulabar Triathlon. So, so I thought uh, there's, there's my bike's in there. You can see that one right in there just under the left in the middle. And... Uh, you know, when you get out of the water and you had it and you're looking for your bike, you know, it's not easy. Let me tell you that. But I'm going to tell you a little bit about that this morning. But before I do, I want to tell you about two people. Before you say, oh, here you go, you're young and fit. Every year I have a look at the, uh, the age groups and I want to tell you a little bit about a man by the name of Barry Meek. And I don't know Barry Meek, but I really do not like the guy. Because he's in the 70 to 74 age bracket of the try, and he beat me by a minute and a half in the triathlon. So I decided to Google this Barry Meek, find out where he lives, and, uh, and I found out that, uh, you know, he, uh, he races all over the world, this guy, and he came top 10 in the 70-plus group um, in some group at some place around the world, and he's just a, he's a guy from around here, and I thought, wow. You know, I'm always, every time I, I see that, and I thought... The late, there's a lady who came second last in the race, and her name was Jeanette Picton. She came second last, so well, that's not very good. She's in the 80-plus age group. 1.5-kilometre swim, 40-kilometre cycle, 10K run in the 80-plus age group. That's cool. I don't know who came last, but they should feel really bad about it. <laughs> I don't even know how old she is. She's in the 80 plus. This is like, okay, from there, you know, there's, it, it could, she could, who knows. But today, you're going to have to put up with my story. I don't know what their story is, but I, I guarantee it's a great story. 
I thank God for the Barry Meeks and the Joe Pickens because, you know, they inspire me that, you know, I can take steps of faith in a direction. I can, I can boldly go and do great things. Uh, no matter how old I am, no matter what my history has been, no matter where I've been, there's a great thing to do. And uh, I just want to encourage you this morning that uh, God wants to do something, you know, through you. And so let me tell you a little bit about my story because, you know, I know I tell this, I tell a story every year when I do the tribe. But, but you know why? Because I think that it's important that when we do hard things and we think about God, we remember what the revelation is that we get along the way. Because I think they're the revelations that are great. This is what we talk about, these, the third space this year, the space in between responsibility. You know, we stir up the adventure in our lives and we think about God in the process and I say, God, speak to me. And when God speaks to you when you're doing something hard, you know, you're in, it's, an, it's an encouragement and it sticks. So it was about 4.15 a.m. in the morning while you guys were all up on your knees praying for the church meeting. I was uh, driving down to Mooloolabar before the roads closed and uh, I had to access the transition area there uh, at 5 a.m. is when you set up your kit, you set up your little towel and your bike shoes and your running shoes and your helmet and all your little gels and you get all organised. And, uh, you know, as I walked through the, the bike area and drooled over all of the $20,000 bikes around mine, you know, I, and to set up my kit, I, as I walk through, I'm reminded of Psalm 23. You know, it says, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, you know. And uh, so I hung my head down, looked at the ground until I got to my bike and said, thanks, Lord, for my bike. It's okay. I watched a, I watched a Netflix show called Minimalism recently and the, the motto of the show was, buy what you need and use it until it's worn out. So I'm frantically trying to wear out my push bike at the moment. And... Uh, so the race starts around, you know, we're at Malulabar. It's about a kilometre walk around the beach to, from the loo with a view to, to the starting point of the race, around at the point there. And uh, as I walked around, I prayed for you guys. And I thought, uh, look, it's a privilege to, to have the day off and have such a great team here that, that I can take a day and, and, uh, and uh, go, on and do, go on a bit of an adventure of my own. And, and so I pray for the service. And, and I felt, I pray the Lord's Prayer. I love the Lord's Prayer. Hey, the Lord is my shepherd. Not the Lord is my shepherd. You know, our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us our debts or our trespasses, depending on what version you read. So we forgive those who trespass or our debtors. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil or the evil one, depending on your version. For yours is the kingdom, the power and the glory forever. Amen. And, uh, you know, I know... Some of those verses, some of those prayers that we, that we read in the Bible, Psalm 23 and the Lord's Prayer and those great ones, you know, I think it's important that, that, we, that, we, uh, that we keep anchoring ourselves to them and we use them as guideposts. Because sometimes you're always praying, you know, I could have walked along the beach and said, Lord, help me survive today. But I said, no, your kingdom come. Your will be done. Lift up your people in church today, mate. Can, can I be a blessing to you? And as I walk around, you know, I'm blessed by it. Now I'm in the 40 to 44 age group. I know you're all amazed by that, but uh, that's true. Uh, and it's the largest group in the Malulabar tribe. 40 to 44 age group is the largest group of, of, of um, athletes in the tribe. And... Uh, Generally, because it's the midlife crisis, and every all these guys start to think that this is probably my last chance to be 
competitive before uh, before it all comes down to to uh, all, you know everything falls apart. So I line up seven seventeen a.m. on Sunday, and there's someone in my wave, and uh, there's someone in in, the, in my wave who just turns forty on the day. So so the guy with the microphone lets everyone know. There's a guy turning forty, wave your hand. And we all gave him three cheers. Three thousand people gave this guy three cheers for his birthday. He's about to start the race. Just a nice encourager, a nice gesture from the crowd. Now the course is an M shape. It's a big M for the Malulabar try, the Moo try they call it. And uh, there's pink, red and yellow boys. So you get out there and there's all these different coloured boys and you've got to remember pink on the right, red on the left, yellow, no one knows what they're for, some sort of decoration. And the horn blows. I press my beautiful Garmin triathlon watch, press start and uh, I hit the water and, uh, you know, my, my swimming anxiety, which I've uh, publicly shared with you for many years now, it's completely gone. And, uh, you know, it, it no longer troubles me. My, now my challenge is just sheer slowness. And uh, <laughs> keep straight, swim hard. That's what I'm saying to myself. But I thank God, I thank God in the water that I'm at peace. Hey. You know, and I, and I wonder, I wonder what other areas in my life that I'm anxious about right now that are soon going to pass. This is interesting, you know, the areas of anxiety in our lives, the challenging areas in our lives that, that we, have, we, have, we, have, we, sh- we stress and we trouble out. As we, as we continue to do those things and we put our trust in God, isn't it amazing how all of a sudden we're, they no longer bother us? We're at peace. It's, you know, so sometimes we've actually got to take note, do hard things, think about God while you're doing it. If I wasn't thinking about God, you know, as I did the try, I wouldn't have noticed that I wasn't anxious. I would have just swum the try and kept going. So I thank God, you know, and, you know, and, and, I, and I, I remember, you know, I go, keep the faith. What does it say? The act of faith is what distinguished our ancestors and set them above the crowd. What in your life, here's the question for you this morning, what in your life do you need to push through? What do you need to do to take a step of faith? Notice how when you get, like I did my first try, nearly drowned out of anxiety, and I thought, never again will I do that. But sometimes we've got to go, hey, that was just a feeling. It wasn't real. I know I can swim the distance. So it wasn't real. It was just a feeling. And I, I, I ask you this morning, what areas of, in your life have you pulled out of because of a feeling of anxiety and stress? What areas do you need to, to step through and have another go at and allow God to bring peace into your life? Mulubar Bay is in great shape. It's a pleasure to swim in it. Each wave has a different colour cap. Mine's green. I swam with another guy, Ben Madden Holmes, who had a pink hat. But, uh, you know, I don't know what they were thinking. But Now, swimming's not my strong leg, so I always count, when I'm in the water, I count the number of different coloured caps that overtake me while I'm swimming the 1,500 metres. You know. And uh, this year, two colours pass me. You know, they, they, every three minutes, another wave is released. To, to go on the race. So this year, only two coloured caps overtook me, so I was very excited about that. And I'm, I'm, uh, I'm reminded of the great words of Thomas Akempis. I don't know about if you've read the um, yeah, Tom Akempis, Thomas Akempis's work. Uh, and he said this, he says, the flesh will murmur again and again, but will be restrained by fervour of spirit. The flesh murmurs, doesn't it? Does your flesh murmur? My flesh is always murmuring, but it's restrained by fervor of spirit. You see, when we do hard things and we're thinking about God, our spirit 
is full of fervor. Because God and you is a great, you know, what what does Romans 8 say? It says, his spirit testifies to my spirit that I'm his son. And when I get the revelation that I'm his son, my spirit is full of fervor and the murmuring of my flesh gets put in its place. So here we go. I exit the swim and uh, waiting for the glamorous um, applause from all the fans, all of you guys who have come down to... uh, to to uh, applaud my exit out of the water and there's not one person there. (laughs) So, you know, it's right here that I get this, you know, fresh revelation of thanksgiving. I cease to look for applause because there's none anyway and, uh, and I begin to thank God for his creation. I go, wow, what an amazing place to do a triathlon. Thank, thank you, Lord, for the air in my lungs. Thank you that I got to swim that race. Thank you that there was a little bit of an undertow towing me uh, in the right direction. You know? And I, I think about Eric Liddell, you know, the, the, um, the guy. And uh, I think, you know, he says, when I run, I feel God's joy. And I'm thinking, I think to myself, man, I hope this brings you joy, Lord. And I look down to see my swim time, to see if I've broken any records, and my amazing Garmin watch has just gone blank. <laughs> the screen's dead, and you know it decides in the middle of the, the Malulabar Triathlon, today's the day that I'm going to retire from duty. And uh, so I have no clue how fast I've swum, and, and I, from that point on, I have no stats for the rest of the race, and I, can't, I don't know how fast I'm going, I don't know where I'm at in the race, and I just have to really dig deep. I almost gave up then. But I thought, let's do it anyway. Why not? Quick run to the transition area where my bike is positioned. Right as I got there nice and early the day before to position my bike for a swift exit. So I get on my bike, you know, and before I get on, it's a real part of the place that you win or lose the race is in the transition. How quickly you get, you know, you get your swimming cap off and your goggles off and you get your bike shoes on and your helmet and all that sort of stuff. So I'm running into transition. I'm thinking, socks or no socks when I put my bike shoes on. And I think, ah, oh, I, no- I did noosa last year with no socks. Saved me because your feet are wet trying to put socks on wet feet. I said, no socks. And I go, no worries. Let me just, uh, you know, remind you that the decisions that we make in transitions are more important than we realise. And uh, no matter where you're at in life, you know, the, the, no matter whether you're transitioning from high school to working or to, to university or you're transitioning to, from, from to unmarried to married or from, from married to, with no children to children or, or when your children leave home or one job to another, it's those in-between times in the transition, those decisions are quite significant in our lives. And, uh, you know, I'm thinking about Joshua who said, today... You must choose who you will serve. And things go down in life, don't they? Sometimes, you know, he says, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. And I just want to encourage there may be some of you today that are in a transitional point in life. And I want to, I want to just remind you, make sure that before you choose any physical things that you're going to do or not do, make sure that you've chosen that, as for me and my household, we will serve the Lord. Because that's the foundation of a good choice in transition. Because we get caught. Because there's a lot of pressure in transition. I've got to raise, I've got to do this, do that. And, you know, I'm, no, I'm, I'm li- leaving one job and I don't have a job and I've just got to go out of my way to find this other job. And it's in that place that we need to settle and say, hey, like Kristen said this morning, he's the Lord. He owns the cattle on a thousand hills. It's not about me stressing. It's about me making great decisions in transition so that when I step into the next 
part of life, the next phase of my life, that I'm well prepared and I've got the right attitude to go into that space. So I'm on the bike now, a lot more comfortable on my bike. My main challenge is, is to ride as hard as I can but leave enough energy for the 10K run that's coming just after that. So on, my, on the ride, I find myself swapping positions with a few guys, random people on the, on the track. And, you, you know, I'm, I overtake a guy and then he overtakes me and then I overtake him. And I, and I lean over to this guy and I say, I think we're meant to be racing, you and me. I don't know who he is, but let's race. And he just laughed at me and then let me go. He obviously wasn't interested uh, in racing. I was passed by a few athletes along the way. I assumed they were Olympians and... Uh, <laughs> So I congratulated them on representing Australia or whatever, they, whatever made them better than me. And, uh, you know, as I pass people, different people on the day, I, uh, you know, encourage people just for participating. If I saw someone on an old mountain bike or, you know, someone who looked like they had never done a try before, or, you know, I, I, I'd try to just say, hey, well done, encourage them and, you know, ride alongside them for a second. And, and um, what I discovered was a community of people. And I think what happens, you know, here's the revelation that I got as I was riding alongside these guys who were just, you know, they didn't care about me overtaking them. They were just there. They were on a mission. They weren't there to beat, they didn't even know who I am. They weren't there to, to beat me or to, you know, they were there to do something. Could have been a, a many different reasons. Hey, you know, they were there for different goals. And here's the revelation, you know, as you go along in life, you find people that you just for some reason, you find yourself alongside of in life. Hey, you might be similar family position, you might be similar business, you might be similar... Yeah, and, and automatically, in, you, in, in our flesh mind, the murmuring of the flesh, we put ourselves in competition with that person. We don't know their story, we don't know how they got there, we don't know where they're headed, but because they're alongside us, as we're going, we think they're in competition. So I see these people alongside me and I think, I've got to get in front of that person. I don't know who they are, I don't know what their story is, but I think I've got to get in front of them. And, you know, so the revelation I've got is that the people, you know, the people that we're alongside of, they're not our competition, they're our community. When you go out into your community, the people that you are doing life with, they're not your competition, they are part of your community. And if you'll encourage them, maybe both of you will live a great adventure together. And if you're thinking about God while you're on your adventure while you're doing something hard, he will give you the right words to bless that person next to you. So there's, say, 5,000 competitors in the race. There might be 10 people in the race who actually have a chance of winning. 10 out of 5,000 people. I think I came 1,069th. And my 71-year-old mate came 1,010th or something like that. And... Uh, Still a bit sore that one, but the rest, the rest of the people are out there for a myriad of reasons. They're out there for health. They're raising money for something. They're out there for friendship. They're you know they're in a midlife crisis. They just, some people are out there. They have done no training. They go out there and they go. I just need to do something as a turning point in my life. You know those times in life where you go. I just got to do something and make a turning point in my life. And here's the encouragement again. Most people who we meet on our adventure. They're not our competition, they're our community. They're not there for you to say, hey, let's go and race together. They're for you to say, hey, well done, let's just go hard together. Hey, and while we're alongside each other, let's encourage each other. If you go on, great, bless you. If I go on, fantastic, bless me. 
Most of life's challenges lead us to measure between ourselves and alongside. But God says, hey, it's apples and oranges. You don't know their story. You don't know their situation. He's saying, don't, don't measure apples and oranges. You don't, you don't know a lot of the, you know, a lot of times you go, oh, man, look at that. Look at those. You know, you're, you've got kids and your kids are running around and, and, and you look at someone else's kid and you go, aren't those kids well behaved? You know, and you look at your kids and, and God's saying, hey, what? stop measuring. Stop measuring with other people. If you're going to measure, measure with me because none of you are righteous before me. None are righteous. Your righteousness is as filthy rags. So join with me, accept my grace, and you will become my righteousness. You being better than the person next to you doesn't make you any closer to God. doesn't make you any more valuable. But you're accepting his grace and his mercy and his love and his Holy Spirit. That's what gives you energy for the adventure with God. So as I hit the turnaround point, I see the penalty box. At the turnaround point of the trial, there's always a penalty box for people who have broken the rules. And there was a year, I don't know if you remember, a few years gone by, I, I got caught drafting behind someone and got three minutes. And I was, I'd thank the Lord that, um, you know, that I didn't have to, to, to go into the penalty box. I felt like I'd learned my lesson from those years gone by. And here's the revelation. There's always ways to improve what you're doing. There's always shortcuts to improve what you're doing. But if you take a shortcut to where you want to go, it doesn't actually make you any better at what you're doing. Does it, if I take a shortcut and slipstream behind someone in a race, it doesn't make me any fitter. It doesn't make me any faster. It just means I took a shortcut. And when, who knows that when you do cross the finish line, it's great to cross the finish line knowing that you've done it according to the rules. You've done it, you haven't taken, you haven't done a Lance Armstrong and taken an EPO or whatever. You, you know, you, you are, you feel great about your heads held high. You know, you might not have won, but you did it to the best of your ability. I'm reminded of Solomon's words in, in Ecclesiastes 9. He says, the race is not for the swift, nor the battle to the strong, nor bread to the wise, nor riches to men of understanding, nor favour to men of skill, but time and chance happen to them all. Who knows Mr. Bradbury? You know the, the, new, the new term in the, uh, the, new term in, the um, in the Australian Urban Dictionary? He did a Bradbury. Hey, you've got to be in the race. And sometimes everyone in front of you falls over and you just sail through to victory. Happy days, but here's the thing. You've got to be in the race. You've got to be present. Your journey with God is one of faith in Him where opportunity and victory are a result of you choosing Him and going on an adventure of faith. You see, we need to do a couple of things. First, we need to choose Him. Second, we need to go on an adventure. We need to take a step of faith. Where's God? We choose Him and He's saying, okay, you've chosen me, great. Now what are you going to do? You're going to do something? You're going to step out? He's do hard things. Do something hard. Think about me while you're doing it. Do something hard. Think about me while you're doing it. I return to the transition, take off my cycle shoes, and blood is pouring out of my left ankle. Now, I've run from the beach, out of the water, up the beach. I've gone, socks or no socks? Okay, so I go, no socks, but there's sand all over my feet. I pull my cycling shoes on, and for 40 kilometres, my my, uh, left shoes on the little sandpaper that I've now created in and blood's literally pouring out of my left ankle and uh, I said should have gone the socks 
a lesson learned for next time. So on go the socks now before I put the ASICs on for the lazy 10K through the 32, maybe 33 degree heat. Uh, here we are. It's hot. The legs are a little weary from the cycle. Blood's flowing from my sand-worn ankle. I've no idea of my time because my watch is broken. But our hero must go on. It's tough. And I'm thinking, man, I need a goal. I don't have my watch. I don't know what time. I don't know what's happening. I need a goal because I know that without a goal, without a vision, I may perish. I may perish out here or worse, I may live without restraint, I think the Bible says. Without a vision, people perish. Or the other version says, without a vision, people live without restraint. And all these things happen in our lives and we can get caught living without restraint or we feel like we're perishing. Why? Because we don't have a goal. So I needed to have a goal right then. And you know, I, was, I was thinking about previous tries and I've got a real problem running through the water stations of triathlons and actually getting the cup of water and drinking and running at the same time. You know what I'm talking about, don't you? So today I've decided this is my goal. I'm going to run every step. No walking. If I say I haven't run the 10K if I've walked at least any step along the way. So I say, okay, that's my goal. So you know, I get along to the first water station pick up the cup, you know, I'm running along and I try to have a drink, boom, straight over my face. I'm refreshed physically but not hydrated in any way whatsoever. And I can't get another one because I said if I have to get another one, I have to stop, turn around and go back and I, and I lose my goal. Anyway, thankfully there's six, six uh, water stations along the way and, uh, you know, by the third one I think I'd kind of figured out a bit of a plan to, uh, you know, if you pinch the cup together and, and you run along, you can get some in there and you know, and, I'm, and, I, and I go, hey, here we are, we're running, we're hydrated, it's all happening, we're cool. Not only are we water inside, we're getting water outside. But then I get to the last three kilometres, I think, man, this is hard, it's hot out there. And I'm, you know, and, uh, I'm reminded of Isaiah 40, and uh, you know, as I see all these young people streaming past me, and, and uh, it says in Isaiah 40, verse 29, he says, He gives power to the weak, and to those who have no might... He increases strength. Even the youths shall faint and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. For those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary, and they shall walk and not faint. Sometimes we th- why, why do we read this Bible? Why do we, why do we listen to the stories? You know, why do we come to church? Why do we get the Word of God into us? Because it's when you're on the adventure that you want to be reminded of the greatness of God. When you're, on the, when you're doing something hard, you don't want to be reminded of who God says you are, not how you feel. Because I don't know about you, but when, when you're out doing something, you know, we're joking about a triathlon this morning, but your adventure can be anything. Doesn't have to be. Doesn't have to be some physical adventure. It's just something that I did last week. So we're using as example. God's saying, "What are you doing? What's hard that you're doing that's causing you to look into My Word?" And some, isn't it great when you don't have the Word or the or, or or your computer to go and search for a word, where you're just reminded of a word that you've previously read? See, God says, "Hey," He says, "Fill yourself." with my goodness, with my words, with my life, with my hope, with my grace. And even when you don't think you need it, fill yourself up. You might go, man, it gets a bit boring sometimes, you know, doing this and going to church and reading my Bible. But let me tell you, when you're on the adventure, you're thankful that you did those things because when you need it, 
the word is there like fresh manna from heaven. Here we go, across the line, to a thunderous applause internally. And, uh, and I can sense that cloud of witnesses of heaven surrounding me with encouragement. Uh, and there's, thankfully there was chairs at the end there that we could sit down on because it was either sit down on a chair or just lie down uh, right at the finish line. And uh, what an amazing privilege to finish the triathlon. And, and, uh, you know, I, and I, I was sitting down next to the watermelon station and 11 pieces of watermelon later, I uh, got up from my position and I went and found the boys. And I'm, and I'm reminded of the Apostle Paul who's, who's talking to Timothy and he says, Hey, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. I kept the faith. Don't you want to say that in your life from time to time? Hey, I fought the good fight. I finished the race. Notice how he doesn't say I won the race? So I finished the race. I kept the faith. Remember the message. Do something hard. Think about God while you're doing it. Some of you people who think this is not for you, you think that ministry is not for you, you think that business is not for you, you think for exercise is not for you, think of Joe. Jeanette picked an 80-plus age group. Finished the triathlon. Think of Barry Meek. 71, he beat me by a minute and a half. Here's another crazy thought. I went down there, and three other guys from this church came. Ben Madden-Holmes, Ben Bryant, Ash Sawood. These guys did the triathlon as a team. And I thought, there's an idea. I didn't realise you didn't have to do this thing alone. We can do this thing as a team. So here's the lesson. Life is like a triathlon. You don't need to do it alone. You can do it as a team. Here these guys are. They're doing it as a great team. They're encouraging each other. They're supporting each other. They're waiting for each other at the, t- at the next point to encourage each other. They say, come on, let's go, let's keep doing it. And I think sometimes in life we feel like we haven't done it unless we've done it alone. I'm a self-made person. You know, I figured it out. I read the Bible. I, I'm preaching to myself. I'm going to do an adventure with God and me alone. God's going, hey, he doesn't say don't forsake the learning from the Bible. He says don't forsake the gathering of the saints. He's called us to do this thing together. You know, I was, let's congratulate these three guys. Hey, Ben and, and Ash and Ben. Amazing. But, you know, that. They smashed it. Hey, and they beat me by half an hour in their time. So you can do it alone, which is great, you know, fantastic. Or you can get together and be part of a, of a, of a bunch of people and do something great together. And not only, you know, not only do you get helped in your weaker legs, in, your, in, you know, in areas that you're not strong, but you get encouragement all along the way. Why? Because you've all got the same goal. What an amazing God we serve who has given us the body of Christ to to come and to do life together and to encourage each other. Hebrews 11, 1 to 2. The fundamental fact of existence is that this trust in God, this faith, is the firm foundation under everything that makes life worth living. It's our handle on what we can't see. It's the, thing, it's the acts of faith that distinguish you. 
It's not the great things that you have done. It's the faith. It's the acts of faith that distinguish you. God says it's, it's when you choose to step into the unknown with me that distinguishes you from the crowds. And God says, I've called you to be separate. Not to be separate in, in your style, not to be separate in, in, your, you know, in your attitude. All this is, he's saying, I've called you to be separate because you're a people of faith. That's what distinguishes you. You are a people of faith. I love that. that you know, after the faith chapter in, in Hebrews 11, the start of 12 says, okay, you've heard about all these great men, of, men and women of faith who have done these amazing things. And, you know, some of them saw the promise, some of them didn't see the promise. And then it says, therefore, we also, since we're surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, all these people who have gone before us and done great things, let us lay aside every weight and sin that so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance that race that is set before us. Looking unto Jesus the author and the finisher of our faith. He's the author and the finisher. Only he is your author. Only he can define you and he is the finisher and only he can end you. The author and the finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and was seated down at the right hand of the throne of God. Wow. Why don't you stand with me this morning? This message is an invitation on the adventure with God. This message is an invitation on the adventure with God. God, he, he doesn't want you to live a boring life. He doesn't want that, you know, he wants you to do hard things. He wants you to do hard things and he wants you to do them with him. He wants you to think about him while you're doing it. Because when those two things come together, when you're doing something hard and God is with you, man, there's a story to tell. He's saying there is a there is a biography-worthy story in you. And it takes one step of faith to get the ball rolling. What's the step of faith? What's the step of faith? And here's the thing. You don't have to do it alone. You can do it alone, but you don't have to do it alone. You can partner with people. You can be encouraged in it. You can get a team of people together. You can, you can build around your weaknesses and you can release your strengths. You can do great things with God. And when we do great things with God... We've got a testimony. We've got a story to tell. And here's what we can tell the rest of Noosa and beyond that they too can overcome. How? By the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. Do you agree? Let me pray with you this morning. Father, I thank you for hundreds of grand adventures with you that are, that are standing before me this morning. Lord, I thank you for hearts, Lord, that are being stirred. The Lord's saying, I'm stirring your hearts right now. I'm stirring them with ideas, and they can be in any direction, says the Lord. We think it needs to be a mission trip. We think it needs to be this. We think it needs to be a prayer meeting and a worship service. He's saying it needs to be something hard, and it can be in any direction. And he says, if you, if you think of me, if you honor me, if you seek me while you do hard things, he says, I will give you revelation. I will give you manna. I will give you hope. I will give you the right people at the right time. And you will be encouraged. You will be stirred. And you will run the race. You will finish it. And you will keep the faith. Because I am with you. May your blessing and your favor, Father, be upon your people this morning. 
Stir up the gift of faith. Stir up the confidence. Stir up the love and the desire and stir up the adventurous spirit within each of us, Lord, so that we can go out and we can give you glory and that we can come back. Lord, the church, is, the church can become a celebration of the revelation that we've got through the acts of faith that we've made on the adventures that we have through you. So this morning, with every head bowed and with every eye closed this morning, and each Sunday in this house, we give those of you who haven't met Christ as your saviour the opportunity to do so. The simple thing that, that, that God's asked us to do to come into relationship with him is just to believe in our heart that Jesus is the Son of God, that he's our saviour, and to confess with our mouth that God raised him from the dead. Simple thing. See, God wants to bless you. He wants, he wants you to, to live eternal life with him. If that's you this morning, why don't you raise your hand? Love to pray with you. Love to encourage you. Love to stand with you and, and bless you on your journey and welcome you into a relationship with the Lord Jesus. If that's you this morning, raise your hand. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. All right, church, we're going to worship now. But as you worship, remember who you're worshipping. You're worshipping the most amazing, loving, merciful, graceful, full of truth, all-knowing, ever-present, all-powerful God. Remind yourself who He is. And as you worship Him, remind yourself that this is a great week to take a step of faith towards this great God. So, Father, as we go, we go to glory you, glorify you, to lift up your name and to walk in your capacity, Father. We surrender our capacity to your great capacity and we go by your grace. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen.